0: Right now at Kohl's, it's the last minute gift sale. Take an extra 20% off and save on kitchen must haves. Get 25% off toys and get 20% off fragrance gift sets. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Plus, fast and free store pickup. Still not sure what to get? Our gift cards are always a great idea. Give with all your heart. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select Styles 20% offer valid December 21st through December 24th with promo code receive 20 Offers and coupons do not apply to Toys and Beauty. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Last month in one of our most popular episodes, I answered seven questions from our listeners. So today I'm going to answer seven more. We have a question about self-care. Somebody wants to know if I have a personal beef with Joe Biden. I'll answer that question. Somebody wants to know what's the last movie that I saw. Do I worry about my safety? Will I be your mentor? I'll answer that question. What other career would I like to be doing? We have a lot more questions. Let's dig in. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the Breakdown. The the, Breakdown. The Breakdown. So I'm always glad to answer your questions, and today I'm going to dig in with seven questions. And the first question is this, how do I manage to do all that I do every single day? Because it does seem like I do a lot. Uh, obviously, I have a wife and five kids. I'm happily married. My kids love me. I love my kids. And uh, I have a lot going on. I'm the founder and CEO of a company, The North Star. I do this daily news podcast here, The Breakdown. Um, I do the Tom Jonah Morning Show, the legendary Tom Jonah Morning Show. I'm the voice of social justice there on the show. And uh, and I have a lot of other responsibilities. I just finished writing uh, a book on how to make change that I can't wait to tell you more about. I travel and speak. I run, uh, help run uh, an organization called Real Justice, where we advocate for new district attorneys all over the country. So I do have a lot going on, and and I get exhausted even kind of thinking through. I There are a few other things that I do every day as well as I start to think about it. And, and so I want to unpack that just a little bit. So the question is, how do I do all of that? Well, first off, it's hard as hell and it's not pretty. And I just want to be completely honest with that, that uh, every day I feel like I have way too much going on. And uh, and there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, you know, I I wake up early. I stay up late. I work really hard. Uh, I also have some help. I have, I have an assistant for the first time in a very long time uh, who helps me keep uh, my calendar on track and kind of make sure that I'm moving on to the next task every hour. And uh, my schedule is kind of planned down to the minute. Uh, my wife obviously helps keep me focused and centered. So, you know, it's hard. It's hard to do all of it. I don't waste a lot of time. That's you know just to kind of think through how do I actually make it work? There's very little wasted time and I do work a whole lot and it's stressful, like real talk. It's not, I just want you to understand, yes, I am doing all of that and I've always been busy like this my whole life. It, so even that is kind of, this is how I move. This is the pace that I move. And so for some people, they just they couldn't move at this pace if they wanted to. And this is just kind of how I go and how I run. Also, I love what I do. That makes a huge difference. Like all those things that I name that I do and I'm a part of and that I support, they make me happy. Like I, I love my work. Even the even the the hard work that I do as a journalist or as an activist or organizer is fulfilling for me. It's what I want to be doing. And so everything that I do. Uh I do because it's what I love, it's what I want to do, it's where I want to be in my life, and that makes a huge difference as well. All right, let me get to the next question. The, the breakdown. If I could be doing anything other than all the work that I do as an activist, as a journalist, as an organizer, if I could be doing anything else, what would it be? And I, I had to think about this question for a little while because, you know, as I just said, I love what I do. I enjoy what I do. And, and so there's not this other profession that I am just necessarily like scratching and itching to do. But I, I think I do have something. I don't get to talk about it much, but I am a huge, huge sports fan. And I've been an enormous sports fan since I was a little boy. And uh, even when I was five and six years old, I would read the sports paper. Some of you are like, what's a sports paper? (laughs) So if you are maybe 30 or older, you know what the sports paper is. I used to read the sports section of the newspaper, and I would read all the stats, and I would collect all the baseball and basketball and football cards and all of that. So I've been a huge sports fan all my life, and uh, I used to dream of working for a sports team as a general manager or some, some type of position inside of a sports organization I've actually dibble-dabbled with some social media where I, I helped consult on social media for some big sports teams around the world, and that was a few years ago. But if I could do anything else other than what I'm doing now, it would probably be working in sports for sure. All right, let me see about this next question. Break, break down, down. The next question is something that I get a lot, and it's, What do I do for self-care? And now I get that question, and I hear that question, not just for me, but for other people. I hear it way more now than I did a year ago, way more now than I did five years ago. And 10 years ago, I don't even think the phrase "self-care" was in the lexicon. Like I don't even think it was out there. But all we're really talking about is is, what do you do to take care of yourself? And first and foremost, just to be truthful, I am not a guru in self-care, as I already said in a previous question. I work a lot, I go a lot, I move a lot. And in doing so, I have often neglected my, my physical health, my emotional health. And I have gotten better at those things over the years. But there are a few things that I do to take care of myself and, and my family. And uh, I'll share a few of those things. Uh, first and foremost, I, I try to take my work hat off when I get home. And uh, I had a, a mentor many years ago who, who kind of gave me an illustration that I'll share with you. Uh, he understood that I was working like 20 hours a day some days and that and I was working at home. I was working in the office and I had just horrible boundary problems with my work. And he said, Sean, I want you when you're doing your work uh, to imagine yourself with a construction hat on, like, a, you know, a construction workers hat, a hard hat. And he said, when you come home and get ready to go through the door of your house, imagine yourself, envision yourself taking off that hard hat and putting it down and maybe putting on a ball cap. Like I am going from worker, Sean, uh, employment, Sean, to family, Sean. And and that's helped me. I don't I don't visualize that so much anymore. But I do try to make it such that, like right now, as I record this, I'm in our podcast studio and I spend a ton of time here. But when I go home, it's not that work is completely out of my mind. But when I go home, I try to be present. Uh, We don't take our phones to the dinner table. I'm not checking my phone when I'm out on a date with my wife. Um, We have dinner together Almost seven days a week. Uh, We work hard to do that. Sometimes it's not possible, but we do it at least on average five nights a week. The whole family is together for dinner. Little things like that, little practices that I try to put in place. I don't do great work at night anyway. And so once it gets to be like eight o'clock, I'm doing next to no work. Even if I have a ton of work to do, unless I'm on just an outrageous deadline and have to do the work, once it gets into the evening, I I unplug. Um, late at night, I put my phone on airplane mode, and and literally make it such that I'm not getting any notifications. That my phone's not lighting up. It's not making any noise at night. I'm not tempted to check it. Uh, actually, I even I even have my phone where uh, I have an iPhone where to unlock it, you have it does like face facial recognition but I don't have facial recognition with my glasses off. So if I'm sleeping at night and I'm tempted to check Twitter or Instagram or email or something, I have to punch, punch in the code, go the long route, because it doesn't even recognize my face with my glasses off. And so I try to do little things like that to just give myself healthy boundaries. Um, I don't work around the clock on the weekends. I try to, I try to have an actual Sunday where, um, where I get more rest and more, more time to be present with family. We try to go out and do something. Uh, we, we go out as a family at least one night a week for dinner. Uh, little things like that that I do this year that I didn't do just a few years ago. And so I'm trying to do those things. I try to eat healthy. I don't eat a lot of unhealthy snacks. Um, I try not to eat a lot of sweets and junk food. And that is almost the extent of my healthy food practices. I drink a ton of water. I do take vitamins and supplements and things like that. But um, I try not to overeat. I think I may have put, I don't know if you saw this on social media or not, but I am trying to lose weight and uh, that is, that is really difficult. And the older I get, the harder it is to even lose a few pounds but i am trying to take good care of myself all right the next question is something lighthearted the breakdown question number 4 is what's the last movie i saw so i'm a huge movie buff and i have loved movies for my entire life and i've passed my love of movies on to my children and after i record this podcast later this afternoon uh, my kids are off of school today we are about to go see the Pokemon movie. Now, now, I'm not super excited about it. I think it's going to be okay. And uh maybe it will be funny. Uh, but that's that's the next movie that we're about to go see. And I am struggling to think of the last movie that we went to go see before this. It it wasn't that long ago. But um I think, no, I think the last movie that I saw before this was The Avengers, actually. And uh, normally we go, like, once a week, but it's been a busy few weeks. Like, I wanted to go see John Wick 3. I haven't seen that yet. But um, before Pokemon, it was Avengers. It, it is difficult for me and my wife to get out to the movies without the kids. We do we do that from time to time. Uh, because we live in New York, we love to go see... Uh, shows and musicals and plays on Broadway. And uh, we actually just went to go see, this is a great chance for me to plug it because it was wonderful. We just went to go see Ain't Too Proud. That's the uh, musical about the temptations. Listen, it's spectacular. The uh, The Tony Awards, sorry to be a Broadway nerd, but when you live in New York, uh, you kind of do uh, fall in love with all things Broadway. But if you ever get a chance to come to New York and go see... The Temptations musical. And maybe you're thinking like, hell, I don't love The Temptations. You don't. You absolutely do not have to love The Temptations. Like, I didn't grow up a huge Temptations fan myself. It was like the generation right before me. The musical is amazing. One, Easily one of the best musicals I've ever seen. The acting, the music, the, the choreography, the story is spectacular. And so we don't go to the movies as much, but we love to squeeze in a play or a musical whenever we can. And yes, the last movie I saw was Pokemon. The the, the, the breakdown. Okay, so I'm going to be super transparent with this next question, and I get it a lot. Uh, People ask me in person, it could be complete strangers, it could be on the subway, at every conference and event that I go to. I have somebody who, with, you know, bearing their heart and soul, says, Sean, will you please be my mentor? And I want to unpack that question. First, that's a huge question to ask a stranger, just, just, just to put that out there. But I am generally, generally speaking, a terrible mentor. And I just have to lay that out there, like, with all honesty. Um, I am much more of a doer. And if, if by mentoring you mean watching me up close – That's possible. But I struggle to capture what it is that I do well and then teach and share those things that I do well with other people. And I've tried it and I normally fall flat on my face. People that I've attempted to mentor in the way that they hoped I would mentor them have normally been very disappointed. And it's not that I don't care. It's not that I don't believe in in being a mentor. Uh, some people like I, I compare it to this in the NBA, sometimes people are great players and they turn out to be horrible coaches and that being a great player on the court does not always translate to being a good coach on the same court. And, uh, and that's me. Like there are some things I do well that I've worked hard to perfect and, and I, and I know I do them well but I have just struggled to communicate that in a way, in a coachable way for other people. And so I try to tell people that when they ask now, like I I hate telling people no, but when people ask, the best answer I can give them is what I just gave you, is that as much as I value mentoring, I am generally not the best mentor. The best thing I can do is say, hey, Watch me up close. And then when you have a question about something that you saw me do, just ask me about it. The Breakdown. All right. So this next question, question number six is political and it's personal. The question is, do I have a personal beef with Joe Biden? Do I have a personal beef with Joe Biden? And I think I, I don't this is not a cop out, but my answer is yes and no. So I have never met Joe Biden face to face. And and in that sense, my beef with him is not personal in that he and I have not had a negative one on one encounter with one another. And and so in that sense, it's not personal between a man named Joe Biden and a man named Sean King. Like, that's not what it is. But I do indeed have serious beef with many of the stances that Joe Biden has taken across the years. And and I don't hide it. And, you know, people get often frustrated. Uh, It could be podcast listeners or followers on social media. I generally don't hide my feelings about any politicians or leaders. And and I try to keep it to the facts and and instead of just kind of lingering in my opinions, I, you know, there are many things that Joe Biden has done that I have a serious problem with, and I, I've unpacked them here on the Breakdown podcast. I not only have a problem with his lifelong obsession with mass incarceration, you have to understand he was fighting for mass incarceration in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 90s. He is really, as far as the Senate is concerned, the father of mass incarceration, And it wasn't just that he passed a crime bill. He passed a dozen different bills that dealt with prisons, drugs, jails, laws, police officers. And he bragged about those bills all the way until a few weeks ago, where when he was asked about them, he still said that he was proud of them. And he should not be. Nobody should. You know, I played a clip of a member of the Congressional Black Caucus, uh, Bobby Rush, who apologized profusely, almost to the point of tears, for his vote for the 1994 crime bill. And I really believe that the way Bobby Rush responded is really the only acceptable way to respond to the effects, not just of the 1994 crime bill, but of all of those bills. When you get a chance, read the book Locking Up Our Own. Go to your favorite bookseller, look it up online, Locking Up Our Own, unpacks the role of leaders that we may now trust and respect and like the role they played in mass incarceration. But it's deeper than that. I was never a huge Joe Biden fan, even during the Obama administration. Obama ran hard against him and regularly critiqued him for his vote for the Iraq war. Uh, you have to understand he was the head of the Senate Armed Forces Committee. Like he he fought for the Iraq War, which cost nearly 500,000 people their lives in Iraq, not to mention thousands and thousands of American soldiers who died and tens of thousands more who came back with catastrophic injuries, particularly traumatic brain injuries. And it was a completely unnecessary war. And many moderate people around the world um uh, many of the leading human rights organizations um believe that people should be brought up on war crimes for their justifications and lies and continued justification and lies for that war and so the things that i fight back against like war like mass incarceration like poverty uh, joe biden fought over and over again against i, I might add against elizabeth warren who testified really against Joe Biden, because he fought against credit card protections, bankruptcy protections, student loan protections. And uh, and he has always been funded by those lobbies and those those corporations. And so he fought against these basic consumer protections. And there's some fascinating videos of the two of them arguing in the Senate as she's testifying really against him. And, and so I'm not a fan you know, I I never have been. Um, I don't like a lot of his policies. And uh, I'm also deeply concerned that he won't beat Donald Trump. I, I think he is the opponent that Donald Trump would most love. I think Biden is very similar to Hillary in his weaknesses. And um, I think that Donald Trump could ultimately beat Joe Biden. Joe Biden's problems with honesty, his problems with his character over time, you know, he, he dropped out of his 1998 uh, race first for plagiarizing a speech that he took completely from a, another speech in the UK. And then it was found that he had lied about his college transcripts. We just learned now that he w- was lying in speeches in that presidential campaign about marching in the civil rights movement. It never happened. And in, in articles in the New York Times yesterday about that. And so Like, those are problems, and Trump is going to exploit those problems. I I do have a problem with his boundary issues, his handsiness, and, 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 and the way he has responded to the critiques from the Me Too movement. And in this era, when we are running against Donald Trump, literally, I think of all the 25 people running for president, as far as the issues of the Me Too movement are concerned, boundary issues, he may be the weakest of all the candidates. And it's you should want to run the strongest of all of those candidates against Donald Trump. And uh, so I just think it's a disaster waiting to happen. And so in that sense, I have a major beef because I'm afraid the Democrats are going to run a candidate against Trump that may very well lose in a horrible way. We try to go back and forth between lighthearted question and serious question, but we kind of ended on two serious questions. This final question, question number seven, is do I worry about my safety? And so the honest answer about that is yes. I I don't think about it all the time. Like, I don't obsess over it. I I am keenly aware that any of us who are leading and challenging people in power and systems of power, particularly for the work that I do, tracking neo-nazis and white supremacists and and we've held many of them to account and many of the people that i helped identify and track are now in jail and prison and so that type of work always puts you in harm's way and in that sense i'm very aware that my safety is a concern but i try to do things to stay safe as well i have a lot of measures in place um that that I, i won't share all of them here but i do a lot of things to try to keep safe like i I mean, I'll say openly, like I would like to live a a long life to provide for my family, to be there for my family, to to work for the goals and dreams that I have. Uh, So I don't have I don't I say that to say like I don't operate with a death wish like I want to be alive and I try to do the things that I can to stay alive and stay safe. But at the same time, I also feel called to be free. And be bold and be courageous, and I do that work knowing very well that it could put me in harm's way, and so it's a challenge. Um, I've shared it publicly in, in writing before. I don't I don't know that I've ever talked about it, but at, at many different times, my my wife and my mother and other family members have said, "Hey, why don't you just stop doing the work that you're doing? Like, come come do something normal that uh that everyday Americans do." And I feel horrible every time I ignore that request. I feel a a degree of guilt in some ways because I know that they're just asking not just for my own well-being, but they don't want anything devastating to happen in the family. And so um, it's a struggle. But um, so I'm concerned about my safety, but I don't allow those concerns to linger in a way that stress me out or give me any type of anxiety. Break it down. Hope you all enjoyed the answers to those questions. At least once a month, I'll try to come back and answer questions like that. And even the podcast that we do every single day, I try to kind of get to the issues that I think you're thinking about or are concerned about. But thank you all for making it all the way through this episode of the Breakdown. And if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, we'll be right back here every single weekday breaking down important news stories and issues. And we'd love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast apps like Apple Podcast or Spotify. And please share this podcast with your friends and family because our next big goal is to get to 100,000 subscribers. We think we're right around 80,000 subscribers now and we're not gonna get to 100,000 without you. Have you left a review yet? I need you to leave a review, all right? Because on Apple Podcasts, we now have nearly 8,000 five-star reviews, but we're aiming for 10,000. So we still want to hear from you. So please leave your best five-star review when you get some time. Of course, thank you to the nearly 30,000 founding members of the North Star whose generosity even makes this podcast possible. We love and appreciate each of you so very much. And if you love this podcast and you want to support our work, or you want to see the show notes and transcripts for each episode, we'd love it if you'd consider becoming a founding member of our community, and you can do that right now at NorthStar.com. There we not only have our podcast, but we have hundreds of original articles and stories and commentaries from some of the leading scholars and thinkers and journalists in the world. Lastly, I want to give a shout-out to our associate producer, Lissandra, and our podcasting director and senior producer, Willis, for their hard work on this and every episode. Take care, everybody. Right now at Kohl's, it's the last minute gift sale. Take an extra 20% off and save on kitchen must-haves. Get 25% off toys and get 20% off fragrance gift sets. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Plus, fast and free store pickup. Still not sure what to get? Our gift cards are always a great idea. Give with all your heart. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles 20% offer valid December 21st through December 24th with promo code receive 20. Offers and coupons do not apply to toys and beauty. Some exclusions apply. See store or quals.com for details.